Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate podcast. We have a very special episode today. We have Ryan Norris from Open with us today. It's a great software platform. And we're on the crisp of the TRESA new legislation that started on December 1st, which is allowing for open and transparent offers. And what better way to kick that off than with a great platform that really helps realtors uh, deal with the complexities and the intricacies of the new offer process. And I'm so happy to have Ryan here with us this morning that can tell us all about Open and how it's going to change that offer process for realtors. Good morning, Ryan, and welcome to the David on David on Real Estate Podcast. Thank you very much, uh, David. That was a that was a, a very impressive intro. So uh, it's uh, it's fantastic to to be here, and and it's you know it's, it's a real pleasure to represent our, our technology uh, in the Canadian market. Um, you know, and and the the, the Tressa changes. You know, it's um, I think it's it's a it's a really good thing for the industry here. Um, what what they've what they're you know what they're making possible. Um, you know, we're we're a few years uh, along this journey uh, in in Australia. Um, so yeah, we know the, the benefits that that uh, that are brought about for, for buyers, sellers, and agents through uh, through uh, enabling transparency. So it's uh, yeah, it's exciting to be to be a part of that, and and it's exciting to be here. It's it's great to have you with us, Ryan. And it's it's interesting that it's you know the Canada we think we're a pretty up to date modern country and. And we have a, a a pretty sophisticated real estate system. Yet it seems like we we've, we've got to turn to Australia to uh, for, for this technology. So give us some of the history and background of how this started in Australia, and 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 then we'll get into how you get that into Canada. Yeah, sure. So so it it actually started um, in a uh, you know we've got we've got. All of the big cities are on the east coast of Australia. Uh, I think Perth on the west coast is is the the fourth largest city in in Australia, about 1.5 million people, and and that's where Open came about. Difficult market conditions at the time, and ultimately, what agents uh, it was developed by a group of of real estate agents and an, and an investment banker, who who ultimately they were sick of having a, a a property that had been sitting on the market a little while. Let's say the asking price on the property is a million dollars, and a buyer comes along with a with a with a low offer. Maybe it's maybe it's eight hundred, maybe it's eight twenty. They're trying their luck, and the agents are tearing their hair out trying to do the best job for their seller, and they're calling other buyers and saying, "Look, I've got an offer. The property's been sitting on the market. You know, maybe it's sixty, maybe it's ninety days. I've got another offer. You should you should put an offer in." And the you know the buyer of, of course is saying, well, what's the offer? I can't tell you what the the offer is, but you should really you should put something in. And the, and, and the buyer is this agent, you know, is this agent just trying to bait me here as a slow market? Is the agent trying to bait me into into making an offer of my own? Is this is the offer real? There's no real, um, uh, you know, there's not a great deal of urgency that's created by that message, isn't it? And there's and uh, and so they thought. If only I could tell them. If I could, if I could say to them, "Listen, we've got eight hundred and twenty thousand. You must see value north of that." Then someone would give me someone would give me eight thirty, eight forty, eight fifty, nine hundred, and and but they were they were hamstrung. 
And that is ultimately the the uh, the environment that, that that was the genesis and the problem that was the genesis of, of, of our platform. And so we we came into the, the, the to the local Perth market, solved that problem, expanded nationally fairly quickly um, into New Zealand as well. Uh, and and you know we're adding another two countries very very shortly, but of course we've also um, expanded into into Canada. So that um, that I think you know is, is the story of of how it how it came about. Wow. Well, um, you know, when the federal government and David Corman, I know you and I we talked about this when the federal government came out, and I think we have a podcast episode on this on their housing plan. And one of the initiatives was open, transparent offers. And I remember um, when that initiative came out, I did a lot of research. You know, I looked at Australia because Australia was using um, this offer process, I think, for a number of years previous to the federal government making the announcement that open, transparent offers are coming to Canada. And one thing I looked for, because obviously the federal government is trying to solve the housing affordability issue and bring more confidence to consumers in uh, in the industry. So those are the two major objectives that the federal government wanted to solve. So one thing I looked at, and I think if you guys go back and, and play one of the previous episodes, is that um, when you look at statistically what happens in an open, transparent offer process, it actually drives the price up. Now that's counterintuitive to what people would think, but you know we went back and forth on this uh, issue a lot, Ryan, in our conversations, and we know that if there's two buyers in a property that are super committed, and they know that they only have to go another thousand, another two thousand dollars to secure the property, that our motivation, our ego comes into play, and that if they know what that line in the sand is. They, they keep pushing that bar higher and higher and higher versus when you have um, closed offer process. Sure, you might know that there is a number of offers that you're competing with, but you never know what that magic number is. And sometimes, you know, people are going to statistical probability, you're going to have that one or two offers that goes really high. But then, you know, the argument is that if everybody knew that statistically that offer went really high, there's going to be another offer that's going to raise that bar even higher that mm -hmm. really wants to get in that property. And as an industry, are we really doing our fiduciary duty to the seller if we don't do everything in our power to get them the absolute best price and to take that um, question mark out of the market as to how much is that property really worth? Yeah. And I think to the to the point about it, you know, favoring buyer and seller. I think first of all, I'd say it's important to acknowledge um, that the um, the number one complaint of buyers everywhere is lack of information and a lack of fair opportunity to to, to put forward my best offer and, and buy the property. So that is, uh, I think, something that's that's um, important to to hit home. Um, I also think you. You know, perhaps something that wasn't factored into the to the to the conversation is that the seller gets to choose. The seller and the selling agent get to ultimately choose when transparency is applied and under what circumstances. So that I think certainly stacks the odds uh, in the favour of of the seller. Um, mind you, 
at the same time. Sometimes the seller, you know, our platform ultimately reveals the truth and, or, 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 you know, you can use it to reveal the truth. And sometimes the truth aligns the seller with the market in a much shorter space of time. And so there, there is real benefit to buy there, buyers there as well in, in the context that sometimes if a seller, if a seller thinks their property is worth a million dollars and really the market only thinks it's worth 940, the evidence of that can be laid out to the seller in such a way that they they realize, hey, this is actually what my property is worth. And so there's there is real benefit on all sides uh, in, in terms of in terms of that transparency. I don't know if that question was aimed at myself or, or David, so I apologize if I if I if I jumped in there. <laughs> You know, it, it's interesting listening to you guys because I'm not a real estate agent. Like that's not my background. I close real estate transactions, but I'm involved in a lot of them. And 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 like, like who wouldn't be in favor of transparency? Like who's going to argue against transparency? You know, being a good thing in in a in a free market. But I always look back to the fact that the process starts with a seller on the advice of a seller's agent deciding what the listing price is going to be and oftentimes that listing has nothing to do with market value or what a, or what the seller will actually accept for the you know, like we don't have a system i love it if the system was if you put out a listing price you're offering it you're going to sell your price for a million and so anybody that buys if you get an offer a million it has to be acceptable you know we're not in that type of system so we're always having these low bar prices thrown out there just to attract offers. And then we all talk about, oh, we need transparency and we need real information. But the whole process starts with just pulling a number out of the air, just to a low ball number, just to entice offers, right? Like, isn't that inconsistent somehow? Uh it is a little different here to, to how it works in Australia in that context, in that agents can elect not to price their property, or they can put a put a range on the on their uh, on their asking price as well. Oh, really? um, I like that. Yeah. Um, the uh, but mind you, there's something very simple and, and elegant about just saying, "Hey, this is the this is the number we're putting on." So uh, it's uh, there's there's uh, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't picked a side on that on that particular uh, nuance between the between the two markets, but but it's a, yeah I, yeah I, I can I can hear that um, that sentiment and and uh, yeah I, I kind of agree with you there, David. That it's um, it's you know and and there's different there's different legislation in different parts of Australia. In some parts of Australia, you you are compelled if you don't if you receive an offer that's at your asking or above and you don't take it. You got to increase your asking <laughs> because <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, that's not your asking price anymore, is it? I like that. I mean, mm. I, I like I like the idea of a, a price range, and I like the idea that if you don't accept your asking price, that you're compelled to increase your asking price to let the market know what you know what you actually want for the property. I think those are you know great rules and. I, I love talking to, you know, other parts of the world. And this is the first time we have anybody from outside of our uh, immediate area in the GTA on, on our podcast. Um, and it's fascinating to talk about the different uh, changes and the similarities and, you know, hearing your best practices compared to our best practices. And, you know, I think there's a lot that we can learn from each other. And, um, you know, I, 
Ryan, why don't you take a few minutes and, and talk about, to us about the Australian market? I think I'd love to know. I, you know, I watch, um, I, I know there's a HGTV show in Australia. I don't know if it's selling Australia or selling sunsets one or the other, but there was one episode that I was watching and, you know, you guys have some beautiful real estate in Australia as well and expensive real estate as well. Uh, we do. So, I mean, it's. I don't think it's quite as expensive as uh, as as uh, what what you have over over here. But um, I mean, certainly in some parts, I guess there's a, there's some you know, some some you know, some very luxurious uh, properties. But um, to dis- to describe the differences, there's there there's quite a few. Um, I'd say in Australia, the role of the buyer's agent is a little different. Um, it's 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 paid by the seller. Um, sorry, it's paid by the by the buyer. Um, so that's that's one um, one sort of difference. It's not as integral to the to the process as as it is as it is here. Um, the sorry, I'm going to ask two questions because this is this is fascinating. As, as you're going to keep going, so mm-hmm. do you find that there's less buyer agents because of that fact? Yeah, there. Yeah, there's less there's less buyer agents. Most buyers represent themselves represent um, themselves so we would call that self-represented party and they go directly to the listing agent that's right yeah in most instances yeah and if they want a buyer's agent they, they engage with the buyer's agent yeah now how what are the rules to protect those people are there any kind of rules or is it kind of buyer beware at that point um yeah it's it's uh it's it's buyer beware ultimately um you know the um there's 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 laws as to you know what a selling agent needs to disclose um but you know i think it's it's i like the i like the role of the buyer's agent i think the the, the buyer's agent here um it it helps the yeah it helps create more balance of power um i think so you know i think that's um that is a a and then having someone who's who's truly a professional on on, on both sides i think um is is you know, real service uh, to the industry here, um, but because you do, you know, you, you do have some people buying property that maybe you know, don't have as much um, uh, experience with the process, and and um, sort of you know have to yeah, go through a, go through an un- unfamiliar and, and, and uncomfortable, stressful you know and, and significant purchase. So that's um that's one difference. Um, I think the the brokerages here a lot larger. You've got um, you've got you know if you have a a brokerage with twenty sales a sales team of twenty in Australia, twenty five, you're dealing with a big a big team, um, big 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 company, uh, and uh, and I come over here and oh yeah how many how many how many salespeople in your team? Oh yeah we've got we've got we've got 450, you know, we got 600. It's like wowzers, you know? So, so that's, that's another thing that was, you know, quite a, quite a, um, quite a shock uh, when I, when I realized that. And that actually, that I put it down to that. It makes talking to, to decision makers within teams a lot more difficult because I think in, in Australia, if you want to talk to, you know, the, the, the most senior person at an office, Usually, their cell phone number is on the internet, and you can call them and say, "Hey." Um, but 
over here that's it's a it's it's a lot more uh it's a lot more challenging to to get through the um to get through that that uh admin, that, that, that administrative uh sort of filter which i think is by virtue of the fact that a lot of these people are um are looking after so many you know such a such large team um so that's another um that's another um challenge the mls the mls's here play a uh, play such a such a role um we don't we don't uh really you know have the same um the same mls structure in australia so there's a, there's um there's challenges in in that context but but at the, beneath all of that the fundamentals are are what's what's the same buyers absolutely hate being kept in the dark that about you know hey if there's another offer you got to afford your very best and, and in fact because of the buyer's agent role there's two layers of of potential um uh you know misinformation i guess you might say between the buyer and the other offer because the buyer is hearing it from their buyer's agent who might be making it up to help them sort of try and give them a little bit more of extra encouragement and but the buyer's agent is also hearing it from the seller's agent who might be doing the same thing and so there there is i think it, for the most part people are pretty honest in both markets but when you're the buyer in that situation you have to you, you that seed is in your mind that maybe this is the time where the dishonesty is is uh is is being carried out um and so the fundamentals of buyers not really knowing what what the truth is of, of the situation is the same and that and that uncertainty it affects that buyer's uh willingness to make an offer their, their motivation to make an offer and 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 what they are prepared to pay as well um it has a real impact on, on what they're prepared to pay so you know when I describe the the platform, I say it it provides buyers with peace of mind that that uh, of what's going on, and they ultimately they they will usually pay a, a premium f uh, f for getting that peace of mind. Um, on the selling side, you've got a, a seller who who will align the, the, with the market, like I say, in a shorter space of time. Now, in Australia, our average days on market for an open user in, in a tough market is about half. Of what it is, and for for an agent who who uses non-transparent methods, um, and that's through providing the seller with evidence to to make an informed decision about their sale price in a shorter space of time. Um, so, those problems, sellers who need to align with the market and buyers who get just frustrated at, at lack of information, those those are perfectly consistent across the markets. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan, I think you nailed the nail on the head. I mean, when a buyer is purchasing a property, they only get one chance. And if they miss that chance, you know, that property is sold and, and it's gone. And mm -hmm. no matter how much money you put on the table, you can't rebuy that property unless the person who bought it, you know, chooses to put it on the market again. Um, and I think, you know, looking at the holistic picture, giving people the opportunity to really have an open and engaging process uh, by 
and large would be a really positive thing for for the industry. Now there are those small specific cases where you know it, it's going to work against the seller. But what I love about your platform is that realtors can make those decisions on the fly and choose to add transparency, uh, you know, to the seller process, to the buying process or the selling process, depending how you look at it, which side you represent at any point uh, in time. Mm -hmm. But I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, the differences between our real estate market in Australia. I think we're so fortunate and we forget how fortunate we are. And, you know, David Corman and I, we talk about organized real estate all the time. We talk about our organized system of real estate. And, you know, I, I think protecting the buyer and the cooperating side and encouraging the buyer to have a realtor and the seller paying for that realtor is so paramentally important to, you know, adding uh, stability and adding depth to 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 the market and it's very unique to North America right that's what I want everybody to realize is you know we have the two major lawsuits right now one in the states and one in Canada that's kind of attacking that practice and and you know we saw that the lawsuit already went through in the states and I think it's going to do a lot of damage to uh, that portion of our organized real estate so um, you know, we're going to very closely keep an eye on that situation, but uh, we're very big proponents of, of you know, adding uh, different layers and really protecting uh, that system uh, as much as we can. Yeah, like I said, I totally agree. I'll throw my two cents in there on, on that comment, David, because I never really think of it as the seller paying the buyer's agent you know the flow of funds goes that it goes out of the sale proceeds that the two agents end up getting paid you know some goes to the buyer's agent some goes to the seller's agent but it's really the buyer that's paying for it because the buyer it's part of the purchase price so i always think of it as you know the buyer's paying for the services that they get from their agent and the seller's sort of paying for services they get from their agent and that's just the way the flow of funds go it just it just the payment man instead of them paying them directly it's all done through the purchase price and, and disbursement of the purchase price fund. So I think we are in a system where, you know, buyers pay their own agent and sellers sort of pay their own agent. It's just mm -hmm. the way we the, the funds flow that makes it seem like, oh, the seller's paying for both agents, but it's really the buyer's money. Yeah, to, to the one thing, like to throw a bit of a cat among the pigeons and, and uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the conversation, um, what, sorry, the, uh, give it that, that one again. I want to use. We that. have to, oh, you have oh. to, to throw a cat among the pigeons. Yeah, can you imagine? But the 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 one piece of it that that kind of you know sort of is it, you know I, I guess you could do topic of, of conversation on a podcast is ultimately the buyer's agent is getting paid more if this property sells for more that's the one sort of little nuance in the in in the in the structure that kind of just leaves me you know doing a double take it's like and i don't know the solution to the, you know how, how you know both how you, are paid more. yeah both get more yeah that, that's right but but the right. buyer's agent should be incentivized to represent the buyer in that in that in that negotiation and so um that's that's it. I guess it's 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 just a it's an you element of buying agent should get paid less. If well, if the buyer no, I think I, you're I, arguing that the buyer's agent should get a fixed amount, uh, uh, you know, X dollars, no matter what property the the buyer ends up buying, you're going to only get a fixed amount. So there's no incentive to look for a higher priced 
property. Well, I, I just think if I'm a buyer's agent, I shouldn't get paid. If I can get my buyer the property, I'm, I'm there representing my buyer. If I can get my buyer the property for $800,000 instead of getting it for eight hundred and twenty-five, I shouldn't get paid more for getting, you know, for, for them paying more. There's a, there's, there's somewhat, um, it's, it's a fairly negligible, uh, you know, in the, in the grand context, but it's, a, it's just one of those things that I just sort of, again, it's, a, it's a double take that I took when I, when I did sort of, um, sort of, you know, really sort of, I guess, study, uh, how, how it works here. And, and, um, I don't, I think it's lack of a, there's a lack of a, better solution i don't have a better solution it was just one of those things that i did notice and i thought i wonder how that might um yeah how, how that could yeah. work and i don't know how it could but it's just interesting sort of um thought process yeah it's uh i think it's an imperfect system but uh you know i think we're very lucky to be a part of it and uh to keep enjoying the fruits uh, of, of its labor um, guys, we're getting to the end of our podcast with with Ryan. I, Ryan, I wanted to thank you for joining us uh, today. We're going to have you on the next episode where we dive a little bit deeper and uh, talk about some uh, uh, customer journeys with, with your platform. I uh, can't wait to have you back next week. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you.